Warning. The following episode of Seriously Wrong is just like one-fifth or one-sixth of the full episode, uh, which is in its entirety found on Patreon for our donor community. So this is a sample example piece, but it's going to stop after about 15 or 20 minutes. Warning. Are they wrong? I think they're wrong 100%. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're wrong. Seriously. They're always wrong. That is absolutely wrong. Seriously. You're so wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. Seriously. 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 Wrong. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seriously Wrong podcast. We are your hosts, the Wrong Boys, Sean and Aaron. And we're here today, you know, to do a little podcast. <laughs> Weirdly. If you're wondering what's going on in this podcast feed, where the podcasts are usually posted, we just thought we'd clear that up right out of the gate. You know, we thought, let's do something different. You're not expecting it. Here's a podcast episode. So I guess human beings, in a broad sense, it's hard to make big generalizations about things in the world, but human beings, we're, we're, we're a complex species, right? We come from an evolutionary trajectory from sort of the wild nature. We're the great, great, great grandchildren of single-celled organisms, multi-celled organisms going up to fish. Fish come onto land. You know, there's this whole long history there. And that long history is what makes us what we are. Part of what makes us different is that we have an incredible, incredible amount of complexity and very, very big brains compared to most of what we know in proportion to our body size. So as a result, human beings, we don't carry just one character. We aren't just a species that is purely one thing or another. We're not a purely warm-hearted, kind, and open species, nor are we just a purely malicious, competitive, and violent species. We're a species that has all of these elements, sometimes in contradiction with each other, in sort of a dialogue with each other through our own personal development trajectories. And that multifaceted nature of humanity and that capacity for both good going so far as our capacity to care about and define the good, being in contrast with also our capacity to do great evil. And there's enormous historical records of evil. And the more I look into history, the more I find evidence of this capacity for evil. That conflict, that headbuttingness within us is something I find fascinating, something we wanted to talk about today. If you think about it, it's kind of weird that anyone would have ever gotten the idea that we are simply one way or the other. It's interesting how many histories of the world or religious sort of philosophies or even just plain philosophies start from these presumptions of like humans are one way and then something happens and then they're not anymore. Something comes in and causes the diversion or I don't know. I don't like to think of everything necessarily through evolutionary terms, but if you are thinking of things through evolutionary terms, then what gets you further in evolution is being able to survive. And in order to survive, it just makes sense that in different situations, sometimes doing nice things and working together and being kind and warm-hearted and caring would help you survive better. And in certain situations, acting really crappily and hurting people might help you survive better. 
And from what I understand, one of the biggest things that define humanity evolutionarily is our flexibility and our ability to respond to different types of situations and scenarios. So it makes sense to me that that's kind of the basis of how we act. And I feel like our everyday life also reflects this. Like you sometimes meet people who are really cool and you sometimes meet people who are assholes or maybe even more accurately, you sometimes meet people who frequently act really cool and infrequently act like assholes. And sometimes it's the opposite. And there's all kinds of variation in there. I know what you mean in saying that it's sort of weird to think that humanity could be one way or another in the first place. And I almost feel the urge to think through why. When I was younger, I had this really, really strong conviction that humanity was good, that there was this goodness to humanity. And that came from, I think, a few different sources and influences, one of which is Kurt Vonnegut's writing, his sort of cynical, very warm-hearted humanism. It was like a reaction to this premise that humanity is evil and that humanity is this fallen species and that what defines humanity is the Holocaust. You know, what defines humanity is the brutality that people can show to one another. And I always found that to be a really inadequate and I think sometimes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way when people have this very bitter negative view of humanity that it sort of justifies to themselves that when they behave that way, it is in line with their nature. And I recognized that I think from a pretty young age that there was at the very least the capacity for good <laughs> within people and that there could almost be a kind of glamorization that you could have a very cynical perspective on what human nature was and that that could sort of turn into a type of glamorization where people would embrace or be able to justify aspects of themselves or humanity which needed to be corrected. And the language set that I was sort of first introduced to around this when I first encountered this stuff was basically to assert that no, actually, humanity is good. And you can list examples of why humanity is good. Well, there's this poor old woman who has no family and the community came together to help her and this sort of stuff. And there's tons and tons of examples. We're such a complex species and there's so many of us and there's so much history of us. It's easy to find examples of humans being good or humans being bad. And it's easy to say, this is what humanity is. And along that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy line, there is a narrative benefit to emphasizing the good of humanity and making sure that when we deviate from that, when people deviate from that, that it's understood as not reflective of what humanity's destiny as a species is. But it also has this sort of paradoxical bad side, which is that it could just be the denial of our capacity for that, because we have also an incredible ability to sort of like be ignorant of our own violence to others, our own brutality to others. When you were just saying you can pick these examples of either one of people acting well or people acting crappily and sort of extrapolate from that out a whole vision of the world, I sometimes think that that is probably a lot of the way that people come to these kinds of conclusions and maybe not news stories necessarily, but personal experiences that convince them in one way or the other. I know certain people who have a very 
pessimistic view of human nature or whatever, who have also been really fucked over in their life by people who they thought wouldn't do that kind of thing. I feel like one or two good experiences of feeling like someone's mask actually slipped off and they behaved really horribly to you when before that you wouldn't have thought that possible can really like shape people's view of the world in such a way of feeling like everyone's just fake and maybe you start to notice in yourself that you also have that duality within you and like sometimes you have more aggressive rude hateful thoughts about people and sometimes you don't always express that so you're like oh i'm also duplicitous in this same way and it can lead people on a spiral of thinking that's the fundamental nature of humanity and i feel like likewise some people can have life experiences where a lot of times people have really come through for them maybe even someone they didn't expect much of did something really nice for them and that's happened a few times and you're just like yeah you know deep down people really are good you know and sometimes Sometimes we make mistakes or we have bad moments, but I've just seen too much goodness in this world to not. It just struck a chord for me that I think people's experiences probably play a big role in how they see this stuff. I hadn't thought of this before, but something just tickled me about like a lot of this debate is people being like, deep down, people are like this. Obviously, they show all these complex features, but deep down, metaphorically deep and metaphorically downward. <laughs> yeah, that's where they're really just one thing. On the surface, <laughs> yeah. it seems like people are many no, things, no. but deep down... That's it might saying. seem like there are many things, but deep down, they're evil. Deep down, all they want to do is screw everyone else out of what they have, maximize themselves, reproduce as much as possible, and then make out to the hills with their treasure. Yeah. The language of deep down just really caught me there. I was like, I never... I just believed that that metaphor applied to something. The following is just a thought experiment. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful, wonderful species, without any flaws, totally angelic. We'll call them the angel babies. Now these angel babies, they were so pure, so innocent, so, um, they may be pure and innocent good enough, that they were completely incapable of doing anything bad. You know, all they loved to do was laugh and play and smile and hug and draw pictures of rainbows or look at real rainbows. And they would just run around together, pinching each other's cheeks, giggling, making little noises, little coos, if you can imagine all of them together, always having fun, never causing trouble. They just had this sort of almost magically perfect and angelic quality to them. These little cherub people, the angel babies. Whenever they would see someone in trouble, they would help them. If they had a piece of candy, they would share it between them. They were always there to offer each other advice about angel baby matters. If one of them got a boo-boo, they would all line up to take turns kissing it better. Life in the land of angel babies was really, uh, there's no other word for it, angelic. It was an idyllic, beautiful place of cute, perfect innocence. I think if there was any sort of musical or sound cue that could summarize what their life was like and what the angel babies were like, it'd be that kind of like angelic, ah, 
just playing like all the time. Not too much to get tired of it. They never got tired. They never got sad. They never got grumpy. They never snapped at one another. They never assumed the worst of another's intentions because they had no reason to. There was nothing sad, bad, wrong, or anything to react to. It was truly the embodiment of that angel sound. Until one day, there was a change. One of the angel babies made a discovery. This little angel baby, just playing around at first as angel babies do, just goofing off with other angel babies, cooing and giggling, (laughs) took up a branch from a fallen tree, a stick, and they started swinging it around, giggling and laughing, everyone, oh look, it's the stick. That little stick was the beginning of power. And with that stick, soon the angel babies discovered that by hitting one another, or even by just implying the threat of a hit, the angel babies found ways to start to control one another. At first it was kind of just a game, you know, one angel baby would have the stick for a while and would jokingly tell the others what to do or else they would hit them with the stick. And they'd take turns and they were laughing and playing still, but you know, sometimes there was a little voice in the back of the angel baby's mind saying, Maybe I could keep my whole piece of candy and not share it if I also had this stick and I could keep the other angel babies away. Soon it became harder and harder to get the angel babies to give up their turn on the stick and they wanted to keep the stick for longer and longer and so the other angel babies would have to plan together against the one with the stick in order to pass it on to the next angel baby and discord among the angel babies was growing slowly at first but then faster and faster and some of the little angel babies started to notice things happening with the other angel babies who had wielded the stick for some time what started off as a playful joke of oh i've got the stick oh if you don't kiss my boo-boo i'll hit you something began to arise among those who wielded the stick too long it was as if the game started to play them the role that they were pretending to be, the stick haver, started affecting what their base angel baby state was. And in many cases, they desired to keep the stick longer than they were entitled to. They made the jokes go further than when everyone was laughing. So with all this growing discord, the angel babies decided to have a meeting about what was to be done with the stick. And there were many great angel baby debates, great angel baby rhetoricians giving speeches either in favor of getting rid of the stick or in favor of keeping the stick but regulating it and and trying to incorporate it in a way that wasn't so damaging. And these debates raged on late into the night because it it was the greatest disagreement the angel babies had ever had. Of course, when the angel babies started staying up past their bedtimes, They only got grumpier and grumpier as the debates continued. Some thought that the stick should be thrown away entirely. Others thought it should be broken into pieces and shared among everyone. But a lot of angel babies thought the stick was really kind of fun. They said, We're pure angelic angel babies. We can handle this. It is angel baby nature. Surely this stick is not going to end that. And despite some spirited disagreement, that was the decision the angel babies ended up taking on. And unfortunately, counter to what the angel babies thought, it did end it. The angel babies, the discord, and the negative incentives to use the stick for personal gain continued to affect the angel babies over time, and soon they hardened into various political factions that were 
planning violent means against one another, trying to be the owners of the stick. And the person who did have the stick's power in Angel Baby society began to grow and grow as the other Angel Babies became more and more afraid of ever crossing that Angel Baby. Until one day, Angel Baby society was completely unrecognizable. Every angel baby armed with a stick, never kissing boo-boos because they wanted to, always under the threat of the stick. Even the things that angel babies valued most about themselves became twisted into these unfamiliar forms mediated by sticks, mediated by the threat. And ultimately, the attempts the angel babies made to tame the power of the stick ended up failing, and the angel babies, in the end, were destroyed by the power. The end. Of course, that's just a thought experiment. It's not a historical record of any real group called the Angel Babies. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but any similarity to any real, actual Angel Babies in the ether anywhere is completely coincidental and unintentional. Yeah, and with enough universes, enough parallel universes, enough planets in the galaxy, I'm sure that basic story of these Angel Babies would be existent in some sort of parallel universe, but it's definitely not one that we're aware of. Hey folks, this is Sean on behalf of the Wrong Boys. Just here to say that is the end of our sort of free sample of this Patreon-only exclusive. Angel Babies, if you want to hear the whole thing, more sketches, conversation, and so on, join us on Patreon. For $6 a month, you can get access to not only this episode, but all of our previous back bonus episodes and all of our episodes from way back in the day that aren't all available publicly. So if you do that, it makes a big difference in helping us to continue creating the show, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you have room in your heart and your wallet to help support independent content, continue getting made, do sign up on our Patreon. That's at patreon.com com slash seriously wrong s-r-s-l-y-w-r-o-n-g there'll be a link in the description as well patronage to the seriously wrong podcast also makes a great gift if uh, someone you know is a listener hey you can uh, give it to them pay it for them and then they get the bonus episodes and everyone's happy and then we also get to keep on making the show so that's a that's a pretty good deal Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Saturnalia, and we'll be back in 2022 with new episodes.